Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of La Ventanita. Uh, I am your co-host Carlos Frias, the editor, the food editor of the Miami Herald, and I'm joined by my lovely and brilliant and goofy co-host uh, Amy Reyes, the editor of Miami.com. Well, that was a nice introduction. Beatsy. Thank you so much, Carlos. I even put lipstick on for you this week, so. Pero wow. I'm, I'm trying to like really bring it. Yeah, know? no, no, no. You're you're doing it. I mean, every every week we're we're stepping up, stepping up our I'm game. I'm saying last week it was the eyebrows. This week you get the lipstick. So like, who knows what I'll bring next week? I'm sorry if you're on the audio podcast because you're missing all that. Oh, you know? you're missing all of the the, <laughs> <laughs> the red <laughs> that is my lipstick. Yeah, people coming across this, you probably know that we are you know only on audio that we're doing this uh, that we're doing a video version uh, of this uh, that we stream live on YouTube. And, uh, and it's simulcast on the Herald website. And you can actually pop in and ask questions. Uh, and if they're not too offensive and we think they're... <laughs> we will answer them. We think they're good, we'll answer them. And, and uh, we'll talk to them about it, uh, about them with our guests. So there's a lot of fun stuff that I want to talk to about today. Some serious stuff, some fun stuff. Um, a story I wrote about um, uh, black chefs in South Florida kind of pushing... Uh, the South Beach Wine and Food Festival to be more diverse, to include more black chefs, black restaurants, black entertainers, black media. Um, I wrote about that uh, kind of in advance of, of next week's festival. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my review of um, Sonny's uh, Steakhouse, which we kind of just touched on in the last episode, and preview a little bit about um, the next thing that uh, that I reviewed that, uh, that we'll get to as well, some pretty stunning barbecue, actually. In the kingdom of Kendall. In the kingdom of Kendall, in the the census-designated area of Kendall. (laughs) I love how you're finding all these little gems over in my part of the city. Or, well, the extended (laughs) Miami exoburbs. But, yeah, I I appreciate that. I mean, it's too... Honestly, everything is so expensive everywhere that I think even restaurateurs are saying, they're paying attention and saying, where do people already live? Mm -hmm. It's like in the kingdom of Kendall. So They do. So like if the if the if if Mohammed won't go to the mountain, you gotta bring <laughs> the mountain to Mohammed. Um, yeah, I do recall during the pandemic when we were all everybody was doing Uber Eats, and I was complaining. I was like, I don't have a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Bocas Grill, PF Chang's, but you know what? I do have. I, I'm getting more and more options. A lot of them just didn't subscribe subscribe to Uber Eats, so you had to go physically get it. But like. Now I feel like we have a um, 
Kendall has a very robust culinary. Okay. All right. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Uh, I mean, there's a line 100 people deep when the new Chick-fil-A opens. So like, you know. Yeah, but like uh, Chick-fil-A right. is kind of universally understood as being legit fried chicken when you're on the go. So stop hating. If you say so. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, we've held them. Uh, we, we have a pretty cool guest today. Um, uh, it's a guy I've been wanting to talk to for a long time, uh, and his name is Derek Turton. Uh, he goes by Sh- uh, Chef Teach. Uh, so Derek Turton, uh, he, he's locally famous uh, in South Florida for his House of Mac restaurants and food truck, uh, but not many people know that he he's kind of started in the music industry. He actually once managed, uh, for a long stretch, uh, the rapper and singer, entertainer, Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. 305. Mr. 305, <laughs> you know? Uh and and I I remember coming on coming upon his uh, delicious food truck uh, outside Windward Brewing like maybe ten years ago, and there was this long line of people in the hot sun, and they're waiting for this lobster, this gooey ooze, oozing lobster mac and cheese, and it like it just hits your soul. Um, so I'm eager to talk to him about that. And yeah, um, I think everybody has a I passed out waiting in line to get <laughs> to get this mac and cheese story because I used to be at the Windward Yard like trying to find some shade. But like waiting, I was like, I want this mac and cheese that bad. I need this mac and cheese. So Derek, man, I thanks. want it that bad. People so- better get out of my way. <laughs> so Derek, thanks, thanks for coming on, man. We're really happy to to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So, um, where are you coming to us from? I see a cool mural behind you. What are we looking at, and where are you at? I'm at the Overtown location uh, right now. Overtown, Winwood. I'm, I'm at I'm at uh, the location right now. I'm actually in the dining room. We just opened about. Five minutes ago, so oh, it's gonna about it's about to get exciting up in there, and then yeah, 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 yeah. So that that location, did you open it like simultaneously as Winwood um, Yard was starting to to wrap up, or was that already, um, or or was that like what you did because the Winwood Yard was closing, you needed to have an interim location? So, um, so the Winwood Yard was actually like a game changer for us. Um, you know, we 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 started off on a food truck, we were like on the hustle and bustle. Um, we were at a lot of breweries. The really, the really interesting, interesting thing about the food truck was, um, you know, my background is music, but the food truck um, allowed me to kind of move around, like from a grassroots level, and and, and try to kind of figure out what worked for us and what didn't work for us location-wise. And when we came into Winwood, Winwood was like kind of like the perfect situation because we were going to like these breweries, Winwood Brewery, JW Brewery. Um, parking up and he's got you know people in there throwing back these beers and then they come out and there's no food so we would park up right there and we would do really well at these breweries um and then Della from Della Bowes um she created the Winwood Yard I went over there for an event one day and I just like kind of just shot my shot you know telling her we wanted to be in the yard and initially there wasn't even a spot and then um but I was like well let's just meet anyway and then we met and she was like oh by the way um, I do have a spot open, and we ended up going to the Winwood Yard. And the Winwood Yard actually was a game changer for us because it, it allowed us to kind of start operating almost as a brick and mortar because we were in one location. Um, we could operate by set hours, and it, it, it opened us up to, like, a larger audience. Um, and we, we were there for about two years. We did really well in there. When, uh, probably one of the most popular trucks, if not the most popular truck in uh, the yard. And then um, they... They sold the land that the yard was on. Lennar bought the land to build condos on it. Um, so when once that went public, I had a lot of um, 
realtors and stuff like that reaching out to me and saying that they had like, you know, second generation kitchens um, that they thought would work for us. And then uh, the spot that we found was right on Second Avenue, you know, right in the middle of, you know, on the, on the, on the overtown side of the strip, but on the strip, nevertheless. And um, we came and saw the spot. It was perfect and, um, you know, jumped on it pretty aggressively. And, you know, that's that. That's awesome, man. So it's like basically you guys went to the Windward Yard. You went to Windward and you never left. Like that was basically, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. We made it home, but we're you know we're 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 in Overtown. Um, you know, Second Avenue is the strip runs through Windward, but I mean we're 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 in Overtown. So a little bit south of that, basically. Yeah. yeah. So so tell me about your background a little bit. Like, uh, are you from South Florida? Where are you from, and what what brought you here? I am originally from Brooklyn. I'm originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York. But I've been down here. I've been back and forth. Like, I went to elementary school. I went to Pine Lake Elementary. I went to Richmond Junior High School. Like, I've been back and forth. I played Pop Warner football when I was young out here. But my mother my mother was a, a nurse, and she made more money in New York. So we would go. I was born in New York, but we would go back and forth uh, my entire life. Uh, I moved back down here um, in 1998 and went to – I went, actually went to um, a vocational school, Robin Morgan, uh, culinary, I went, took a culinary course, and then um, my my first job in a restaurant was Red Lobster, and I hated it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it wasn't even that I hated it. I hated um, it wasn't even that I hated cooking. I hated the the you know like they teach you how to cook in school, but they don't they don't teach you like the operational side, right? And it's like I felt like we were overworked and underappreciated. Um, you know, they they don't teach you in school about like um, when you make when you make a, a well done, perfect steak and then a, a server drops it on the floor and you got to rush one back out. And then they're like, so unappreciated about, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I think it was like one of the busier days, like a Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or something like that. And I, I, the tickets wouldn't stop coming out of the machine. And I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. So then I, I left, <laughs> I I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I left. The, I did have like a Scarface moment. Tony Montana at the, at the little, uh, Cafecito spot, he threw the, threw the, uh, the, the uh, apron at the boss. <laughs> this, this, uh, lo- this red lobster's not for me, man. Exactly. I gotta go make my money in my hustle somewhere else. My, my that's, that's Carlos' Scarface. This is my, it's funny that most people learned a Cuban accent from a guy who didn't know what a Cuban accent <laughs> sounded like. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's crazy, right? Crazy is that. So, so how um, did how did me? So, so you have that going on in your in your background, like you're into cooking and that kind of thing. Right. But the parallel, there must have been some music angle because, like, this well, pitbull side kind of comes into right. So I, so, I started doing um, I started I started doing club promotions um, mm. uh, with a guy named um Dewberry. He he actually got he, he passed away like almost ten years ago. He got murdered. Oh wow! But um, he taught me like promotions. He t- he taught me how to um like, you know, start promoting clubs. I went from like a 400 degree kitchen to going to college campuses and stuff like that, handing out, passing, you know, it was, it was just like way more what fun. What were the clubs and, back then? Uh, like what, were, what were the like, popular um, spots back then? Uh, well, that's when Coconut Grove in South Beach was really busy. So you had like in Coconut Grove, you had, um, what was the one? Oxygen. Yeah, Oxygen. You had um, uh, Liquid on the beach. You had... Um, I mean, it was, it was it was like that whole South Beach scene, like between like 12th and 15th. And then you had like Coconut Grove, was it used to be Chili Peppers, I think, before it was Oxygen, um, 609, like all those spots. So so, so South Beach and, and Coconut Grove were kind of like really popular. And, you know, um, I went from cooking to promoting. And then the 
I actually got into the music business on uh, uh, Karma. Like I, I was outside of a club promoting and uh, this guy, Jeff Sanchez, he actually works for the NBA now. He lost his two-way pager and basically found his pager and returned it to him. And he happened to work for Luke. And Pitt was signed to Luke at the time. So that's how I met Pitt. So I started working for Luke. And I want to say like within um, a month and a half of me working for Luke, I was on a 50-some city tour. And, you know, me and me and, me and Pitt toured together. And that's how we kind of built the relationship. And then, um, you know, uh, we came back off a tour. And then 9-11, when 9-11 happened, Luke kind of like dismantled the label for a minute because we, we just didn't know what was happening. And he was just like... Um, I'm going to open back up at the top of the year. When he, when, when he shut the label down, I was like, I'm going to start my own marketing company. So me and Pitt would be running into each other. Pitt would be going into a club with his white label vinyl. And I would be, at that point, I had already picked up like, um, I was like doing street team stuff out here. So I picked up like Rockefeller and Bad Boy. I was like basically doing all the major label stuff out here, um, taking their records to the DJs, making sure they get played and stuff like that. So I would be going into a club with, with a Jay-Z record and Pitt would be coming out of the club with his record. And one day we ran into each other and he was just like, yo, Papa, I need, I need help. And basically we, 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 we did a handshake and I, I rocked with Pitt for 14 years on a handshake. Wow. Oh, wow. That, see, That's that, amazing. That, and it's funny that I, I was thinking about a story my dad said, my late dad, he, uh, he like when, when I was getting ready to like, you know, graduate from high school, he's like, I just want you to, I want you to do a job where you're in air conditioning all day. <laughs> like my dad was a farmer, so he's like, "Oh my God, the idea where you could just be in air conditioning all day, like whatever, whatever job that is, do that." But right. but so like you met, like your life really did this incredible this incredible leap by following like basically saying this thing is not necessarily for me, not in this form, and started following kind of like the fun and like your like your gut into these fun areas. Yeah, like um, I, I, I so. The, yeah, my gut. It, it definitely followed my gut. And, um, you know, I just, I was just trying to, I, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I was just really just trying to find my way. I didn't really know what I wanted to do per se. So I was just kind of just like, like following my gut. Um, but so kind of fast forward. So I managed Pitbull for 14 years and then I also worked with Brian Leach at Polo Grounds Music. So I was VP of Polo Grounds. So I worked with ASAP Rocky. I worked with ASAP, you know, everything ASAP, ASAP, ASAP Ferg. I work with Yo Gotti. I work with a ton of artists. Lil John, Lil Scrappy. No, I'm doing an interview. Um, and so, well, what happened was I, I, I got to a point where, um, well, my so the guy on the this guy right here, that's that's my father. He passed away in 2013 suddenly, and at that moment, it kind of like hit a light switch uh, where I started asking myself like a lot of tough questions. Cause I just was like, at that point I had contributed to building a lot of people's um, legacies and a lot of people's wealth. And, you know, it was, that's great. I made money and I did all stuff, but it's a high paid job. It wasn't something that like I owned per se, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't something that I could pass on to my kids. I, you know, I got a few dollars in the bank. I got some plaques on the wall, but like, you know, what do I have that? You're you know, still an employee. Yeah. A high paid employee. At that. Yeah. Totally. But, you know, it's like, it's, you know, you, you know, these, these artists, especially these days, you know, they can wake up one day and say, hey, I don't want to rap no more. I want to, mm -hmm. I'll give my life to God. Or, I'm, you know, just so many different things <laughs> that can happen. Give my life to God. Yeah, you know, happened. It's, it's happened, right? It happened. There's, there's so many things that can happen. And it's like, basically, you build a lifestyle um, around somebody else, right? And so 
that wasn't secure for me anymore. And so I wanted to start focusing on uh, my stuff. So when I was in the music business, um, when we would come home, because we would be going on tour, you know, for 60 days, 90 days, 30 days, whatever. And then when, when we would come home, I would, I would, I always loved cooking therapeutically. I just didn't like doing it professionally. But when we would come home, I would do these huge barbecues in my house, these huge spreads. And that would be the only time where we would see each other's like family and kids and stuff like that. And then we're back out on the road again. Um, and then when I would do these barbecues, the thing that always stood out the most was always the mac and cheese. It's like, you know, man, this chicken is crazy. This, this is, this is, but this mac and cheese, I've never tasted anything like this in my life. It was, it, so it was like a, it was like a thing. And then, and then it turned into like, I would go into the studio, like artists is recording and they get recording budgets. I mean, they get um food budgets when they're recording. So instead of ordering food and stuff like that, they would say, well, just get teach your money. Let them, let them cook if the studio had a kitchen. So then it started turning into that kind of stuff. It just started turning into like people just, and then my artist started um, encouraging me to um, cook. So Bun B from the legendary UGK, he was the one that kind of came to me and was like, look, because I would cook for him every time he would come to Miami. And then he was just like, look, man, you got something special and, and you need to take this more seriously. And I was just like, I didn't see myself going back into like any kind of kitchen, doing anything commercially, anything like that. And he was just like, listen, he sat me down one day and he told me, like, if you don't at least um, shoot your shot, you're never going to forget yourself later on in life. You're going to have a lot of regrets and stuff like that. You're not trying. And I thought about it. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I was still working for Polo Grounds Music. It was like we had a, a label on the RCA, longest, longest running um, urban label in RCA history. Um, we, I, 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 I bought a food truck and I would literally be on conference calls <laughs> and then they're like, somebody's making a bunch of noise in the back. I'm on a grill. <laughs> with the what were you making in that food truck at first? I don't know, man. I was cooking chicken. I was I was prepping, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's noisy. And 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 they're like, somebody mute your phone. There's a bunch of noise in the background. So I was literally, initially, I was trying to do both. I was trying to balance it and try to do the cooking as like a side hustle. But then I realized that um, I wasn't giving my artist 100%. My, my heart my, my heart wasn't 100% in anymore. It was like a 50-50 kind of thing. So I had to make a decision on if I was going to bet on myself or if I was going to try to juggle both. And I just decided to, uh, from a, from an integrity standpoint, to, you know, just step away from that because I couldn't give them 100% and then just put my money on me. So Derek, I bought a food truck and I was at. Derek, you mentioned that it was something about your dad's passing was a, a big catalyst for you to make that change. What was it specifically? Was it kind of like just the feeling of like the this realization of mortality or the feeling that yeah. like it's something that he had talked to you about? No, it's, it's, it's exactly what you just said, the mortality, like the finality, right? It's like you realize that, you know, you really only got one shot of life and there's no do-overs. That's it. Like, yeah. you checked out, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't, you know, like it's, it's different. I think like when when people are sick or like you're expecting, you know, it's like they they got a sickness and an illness and you, you know, but it's it's different when it's sudden. Like he woke up one morning, they they thought he had pneumonia because his lips were turning blue, and he went to the hospital and he had a tear in his aorta and they rushed him into surgery and basically he didn't make it out of surgery. So, you know, my last conversation with my dad was um, when the, when the weather clears up, we're gonna take the kids to uh, Disney World, and you know, and 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 you know, it ain't go down like that, right? So. Yeah, the mortality, the, the 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 you know mortality, and just like me being there with him, and just like wow, this is it, right? And just 
you know, and then you, you, you know, you think about everything you've done, you know, that's, that's the moment where it's like, okay, cool. Like what, what, what do I have to show for? Like, you know, what, 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 what was my purpose in life? You know, you just start asking yourself like a lot of weird questions that you don't necessarily ask yourself uh, otherwise. And for me, the light switch just went off uh, and just, you know, like, the, like I said, um, there's no do-overs. I got one shot of life and what am I doing with my shot? And at that point I was just like, I've been really dedicating my life. I don't regret any of that stuff. Like I, Pitbull is my brother and I'm, I'm grateful for that entire journey. I'm, I'm grateful for like everybody else that I work with because it actually conditioned me to be doing the things that I'm doing right now. It gave me a lot of um, critical thinking skills and I'm grateful for the journey, but like um, the time had just come for me to just start focusing on building my own, you know, uh, ownership, generational wealth, and just, just, just focusing on my own. Like it, it was just time for that for me. So, um, so that, that was that, that was that. That's a, that's a big, that's a big thing that like, you know, I'm a son of immigrants. So like before right. my dad, there's no such thing as generational wealth. Right. And I know for, for a lot of folks who are black that grew up in America, there's not because of real estate and redlining, everything right. else. There right. is, there's not always, it's much harder to build that generational wealth. Right. So I think it's interesting to kind of just step on that a little bit and say, like, if you can do something not just for yourself, but also start thinking down the line a little bit, like if right. you have kids, are you thinking about having kids or things like that? Uh, was that something? Well, I mean, my kids, my kids and my family and everything else is definitely, that's definitely my, um, my purpose. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. Um, my kids and my wife and my family, it, it's definitely my purpose. That's definitely part of my drive and, 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 and what makes me, hold on a second. Hey, yo, hey, um, I'm sorry, I got like a homie. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the middle of a <laughs> See, you're, this is how you know Winwood is still Winwood. Yeah, Winwood is still popping. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah see, okay. see, Winwood's still, you know, if you, have a, <laughs> you have a homeless guy come knocking on the door, like that is still kind of Miami, you know? That will yeah. happen. He's having a very Miami situation there right now. No, but you know what? I mean, I think I think Winwood's so interesting because parts of it have been overrun and kind of turned into like that Lincoln Road, Disneyland, but parts of it still feel like regular, like like you don't have to drive five minutes in any direction to like be in, in that, you know, a housing project or or to be downtown, right. you know? Yeah, but the thing is you got to see the beauty in it. Like, yeah. you know, you, you got to be able to see it. That's that because... You know, you come. You try to come into Winwood when Winwood's already Winwood. You are pricing Winwood. You got to be able to see the beauty in it before. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. Before. That's one of one of the things I was gonna ask you. Like, what what did you feel about? How did you feel about the transformation that you saw? Because the Winwood Winwood Yard was a very kind of um, it was a very rustic kind of thrown together, but really cool environment in Winwood. Right. And I felt like it was like right at the right at the very tipping point when Winwood was just starting to you know, get all these developers coming in and like, how did you feel about the way things changed over there? Well, I felt like I've seen it before. Like I'm from, I'm from, I'm from New York and, um, Brooklyn. Yeah. Like I've seen it, <laughs> it happen happened. in Brooklyn, in Dumbo. I've seen it happen in, in, in Williamsburg. I saw it happen in, um, in Harlem. So, and it's the same way. Like they bring in the artists, the artists make it cool. People embrace it. You know, and then and then they price the artists out so the artists can't even <laughs> yeah. can't even afford to live there anymore. And then they they you know that's a gentrification thing. So you know, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Is that why you decided that you wanted to have the Winwood location? You wanted to you wanted to 
you know, try other markets too, to make sure that like, cause eventually at some point there's always a possibility of getting priced out of that neighborhood too. Cause like that, that's, that's kind of, it's, it's already happening. It's, it, it's like, for me, um, my next step is I just want to, um, own the land. Everything is my next phase in life. Everything is about ownership. Well, mm-hmm. they're not even my next phase. This phase in life. I just, I just purchased my first home. Um, you know, my, I'm, I'm everything I'm trying to do right now is from an ownership standpoint. So I want to own, I don't want to take out no 10 year lease, 20 year mm-hmm. lease and all stuff. I want to own the land that my, my restaurant is on. So that way, you know, I don't have to worry about being pushed out. Um, uh, you know, of the neighborhood that you help build. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's basically what happens. It's like, we, 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 we help bring the, the, the value up in the space and then, you use that against us and it pushes out. I mean, that's, that's, that's basically what it is. So um, only way you can prevent that is just owning. Right. You got to own the land. So since you have, you have locations in three different kinds of Miami neighborhoods, like you have one in Doral, you have one in North Miami beach and you have right. one in when, when, what are the different kinds of um, like, what are the different kind of clients that you guys have? Like if you go to the Doral um, place, what are people always getting? Like, what are they really into? Um, so Doral, the, the Doral location is more, um, it, there's a lot of Venezuelans and um, Doral. So they order a lot more beef. They order a lot of, um, like we have like barbecue beef. We have, they, they even take like, like we got a jerk chicken one. They, they, they'll take the, they'll do jerk beef. They, they do a lot of stuff with beef, I guess, because culturally they, they eat a lot of beef. Um, Wynwood is, but, but there's also like the, 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 um, the police headquarters is right there. So we get a lot of people from the um, police department that come in there. And the thing is like with um, Doral, Doral has a, uh, an express menu. Um, so we don't sell wings. And it's like some things that we sell in in, um, in Overtown and in North Miami Beach that we don't sell in Doral because it's more like an express. Uh, so we're working on, we're working on like, because it, it, it was, we were, we were really testing it out when we went in there because we know it's a different market. Um, but we're seeing demand for like different things right now. And so like, we're trying to, you know, fill it out and then, you know, add as, as needed. So, you know, within like the next few months, we're probably going to make some adjustments on the menu, add the chicken wings, add different things to the menu, but we needed to test it out, but they definitely in the rally definitely eat a lot more um, beef. And then North Miami beach is pretty balanced. It's a little bit of pretty much everything. It's more residential um, area. And then Wynwood is like, you know, we gotta constantly keep like recreating. Like we we just uh, for Valentine's Day we were doing like um stuffed lobsters with seafood mac and cheese, and um we did a we did a stuffed lobster with like rice and peas and like curry shrimp like and and it all sold out. So like oh wow we're, yeah like Winwood is like really diverse and 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 um you know Winwood what I love about Winwood is I mean what I love about like the the Winwood area is that um people it's a good mixture of locals and tourists so you know like even like during the pandemic um business slowed down a little bit but it, it didn't stop because we still had a lot of locals that came mm-hmm. and supported us so um yeah Derek, your your place is like it's funny because you went from like being surrounded by musicians and celebrities yeah. you know right. and then you're into the food world and now it's like full circle because now like your your spots are favorites of like musicians right. and celebrities and what have you, right. and and I I imagine that part of that is that comfort food element you know like that idea that like this is 
this is like a delicious version of a thing that I had as a kid, you know, right. mac and cheese and right. whatever. Tell me about that a little bit. Like, what is it that like, what is it about your restaurants or your mac and cheese that, that would get, you know, Rihanna to fight the autograph seeking crowds to come? <laughs> well, um, I think one of the, I think one of the best things that I've, I've, you know, gotten from people that I've worked with over the years is just support. Um, you know, I've always kept my face clean. And, you know, like I said, I've been a part of a lot of these guys' uh, formative years. Um, and I never really asked anybody for money. You know, I, I never really needed help like that when I was trying. To, I needed help, but not, I never had to really go to these guys for like financial help and stuff like that. Um, but the, the, the support that they show me is priceless because you can't pay for ASAP Rocky and Rihanna pulling up to your restaurant uh, 30 deep and shutting down your restaurant. You can't pay for, you know, some of these guys that pull up to the restaurant, you know, organically, you know, and you never know when they're going to stop by. And the fact that like, you know, they organically just love the restaurant, um, you know, that's, that's priceless. You can't, you can't put a price on that. Um, and they know, you know, I'm a, I'm an industry guy. So they know they don't have to come here and worry about like, you know, I'm not like a groupie. I'm not like a, you know what I mean? Like I, I understand them, get them their privacy, get them their space and let them just kind of, you know, be great in their space. Um, You're not trying to boost your gram with like some self. Yeah, like, no, no. hey, like, I won't even ask. Like, like D Wade and um, D Wade and um, Gabriel Union came here, uh, and I'm I'm cool with um, Gabriel Union's assistant and his chef, and um, they came, and I didn't even ask them for a picture. Like Gabriel Union was like, "Come on, let's take a picture," and I, but I wouldn't ask them for a picture. Oh, like, what you know, she order? Uh, she does she eat carbs for real? They, well, she, when she came, she was on, she, she she did a vegan Mac actually at the time when she came. I don't think she, I think she was just like doing like a 30 day thing or something like that. I'm not sure if she was like a full vegan, but they ordered basically the whole menu. Like it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was him and his kids and her. And it was like some other, it was like, it was, they were like 10 deep. D-Wade, D-Wade is an interesting guy because his, his, um, I, I used to be a sports writer. So he would, you know, we, we were more aware of like his diet early on was just like, terrible fast food and like <laughs> and then like as you get older and you're like and, and, the, well, and your you. bones start to creak you know uh he's like well maybe i need to take care of my body a little bit better right. but every now and then like you put a plate of cheesy mac and cheese in front of you and you gotta you gotta kill it right it's crazy he got he's a restaurant tour now though like he has yes. he has a he has a the pizza spot and then i think he just did like a burger spot and he's, he's dipping and dabbing in like some different things man but yeah like um he's got the wine right yeah, you got the wine. I mean, you know, he's a he's a he's an entrepreneur. But um, he, like when I used to travel a lot, right? Like I used to go to LA, and and you would see like all these like destination spots. You go to LA, and it's like, oh, you got to go to Roscoe's, you got to go to Bossa Nova, you got to go to, like these spots. And I was always like intrigued by that because I didn't really know like a lot of like um, destination spots like that in Miami. But everywhere I go, and then when you go to these spots, you know, like when you did this, you got like the um, you got like the, the the turkey leg hut in Houston, and hmm. and you got like these different places that you go, and it's like when you as soon as you get off the plane, all the locals and everybody telling you like this is somewhere that you have to go. Like you, I feel like go. you really you really did a good job naming your spot because House mm -hmm. of Mac sounds like you have to go to this place. Like it right. sounds and, like the, the authoritative so, place. And and that and so like and that's kind of the energy we put in the in, in the universe and that's pretty much what it turned into. Like you see people in here every morning we open up, you see like at least like 20 pieces, 10, 20 pieces of luggage, and then just see the people just landed and the, the Uber driver said you gotta go here, or they're about <laughs> to fly out and they need somewhere to store their luggage, and this is the last place to eat before they leave. Or they've been here twice while they've been here, and this is the last spot that they hit. 
before they left. So, I mean, you know, that's that's been the vision, and I'm glad that um, I'm glad that it it, it it's translating the way that uh, I envisioned it. What, what do you think about like the like the cele- the guys that come the other way, like they're celebrities, and then they they put their name on a product, like you know, DJ Khaled now. Is like he put his, his name wings. on. Oh, yes, he's got golden wings. He's got the wings, and I'm like, he's got the golden wings. And they're but, all. See, that's a, so, so that's the thing. Like with me, like even going into this, right? Like, um, I had to, I had to transition, um, to a food space, but I had to let people know that, like, I'm really culinary trained. Like, I really, I really know how to cook. It's not a gimmick, and um, I had to prove that because it's one thing. Like, you know, you know, even if people support me. And it's like, you know, I've been watching your journey and, you know, we're, we're going to support. I still got to earn your business. Like, so I can get you here with the hype, but I got to keep you by backing up the hype. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can you can make you can make uh, you can bring somebody in on your name. But right. then, like, if they don't have a great meal, that's a one time customer. They're not, yeah. not going to come back. Exactly. So so that's that's, you know, that's 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 why I am with that. It's just, you know, I, I got I, I really. I found like that sweet spot in my life because I'm, I'm actually doing something um, that I'm passionate about doing and whether I was doing this in the kitchen um, or whether I was doing it at home, I would be doing it regardless. And I just love doing it. Like sometimes I'm in a restaurant and I'm just moving around, interacting with, with, with guests. Um, and I don't have to be there. I just want to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's the sweet spot in life that when you find it, you know, that little cliche saying that they say um, when you, when you find, something that you love to do in life. You never work a, a, a day in your life again. And not saying that there's not challenges, like, you know, this whole pandemic, this has been, like, it's been, there's been um, days where I felt like I had uh, uh, not even a gorilla, an elephant, like a, a whale sitting on my chest because, you know, like I'm, 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 I got like a hundred employees and I'm trying to steer this ship and everybody's counting on me. So there's times where it's like extreme pressure and you're trying to just figure it out. But you know, where those extreme lows is also like extreme highs. And, 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 you know, from a purpose standpoint, like, you know, I put a million dollars worth of employment back in Overtown uh, in, in a pandemic. Right. That's amazing. And, that is, amazing. you know, like, so from a purpose standpoint, you know what I mean? It's like, you really making a difference in people's lives, whether they know it or not. And it's a lot of guys that work for me that I know if they weren't working for me, um, I probably saved a lot of people on both sides of the fence. I probably saved them from themselves. And I probably saved a lot of people, from, um, cause you know, he's got, you know, they're going to eat by any means necessary. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it starts by, you know, a lot of people complain about what the problems are in the, in the communities and, you know, all the stuff, but you know, not many do stuff, do something about it. So I'm just trying to just do my part and actually try to make a difference in my, in my, in my community. And, and that's, that's the purpose part of it that like really drives me to keep going every day. T- talk to part me about, yeah. Talk to me about, about Overtown, because like, I think literally in the last five years, we've seen a real uh, resurgence in overtime, a real uh, like the world at large is now paying attention to the, to the issues that overtown has, but also how we can spin it forward. Like how we can like, you know, pay more attention to these areas and make well, like give, like you said, employ people in the community. And I, and I'm curious about your experience there. Cause I, you know, like, well, so the thing is like, if you let the media paint the picture for you, overtown is first 48 overtown is, hmm. You know, they, they, they paint these pictures, man. But Overtown is, a, is, is actually a beautiful place. And, and it has a lot of rich, rich history. There was a lot of wealthy um, black people that come from the Overtown community. But, you know, they, they, there was a, there was also, they ran 95 through Overtown. There was a lot of people got displaced. And it was, it was just a lot of, a series of events that just, you know, it, 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 ran, the, it ran the community. Then. 
It's very much um, it's very much like Little Havana. You drive through Overtown today and it's just like it's like a different flavor of Little Havana in the sense right. that in the sense that it's like a it's a real organic community. It wasn't something that was built, you know, for tourists and people to come there. It's like right. something that built organically. And and right. and it's interesting to watch it to watch people re, even who grew up in Miami rediscover it, you know? Right. Overtown is beautiful, man. And um you just gotta be able to see the beauty in it, and and that's why, like, even when people say, "Oh, when, 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 when," I'm, 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 I'm always, you know, I'm a, I'm an advocate for overtime. I always just make sure that, like, we're on the overtime side. Like, even when we started off the conversation, you're like, "Well, Winwood," and I'm like, "Yeah, but we're on, we're on the overtime side because I want people to, I want people to know they're in overtime, and I want people, you know, when people come to the restaurant, we, you know, I had, I had Rihanna in overtime. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, anybody who came here, Fabulous or Pitt, anybody come here, had them in Overtown, right? And I want people to, you know, wherever you're from, it's great or whatever, but, you know, wipe your feet on the mat and know where you at. You know what I'm saying? We don't mm-hmm. got to call it somewhere else because uh, um, Wynwood sounds safer. Like, we, we, we know what we know what Wynwood used to be like 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's <laughs> Completely. Right? Like, it wasn't it wasn't any place that, you know. It wasn't a safe thing to say yeah. 10 years ago. Like, when, uh, 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 Wynwood was a bunch of, you know, warehouses. And, you know, like, you come over here the wrong time of night. It, you know. <laughs> right. No, and, and the graffiti the graffiti wasn't there, like, on purpose. It was there because somebody just put it there, you yeah. know. So, so you know, for me, I'm not gonna just scream Winwood because Winwood just seemed like the, the safe thing to say. We're in Overtown, and you know, I'm I'm embracing uh, Overtown, and 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 I want to be part of the beautification of Overtown. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they went through some things, or whatever the case may be, but the beautification is happening. And then, from an ownership standpoint, if I don't do what I'm doing, then there's the same gentrification that's going down on the Winwood side of things. That's what's gonna happen over here. It's just not gonna be me. It's gonna be. Uh, you know, Pepito, uh, what you call it? Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. Uh, what's the guy from the Pam? Uh, yeah. It's gonna be that guy. It's, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna let that guy uh, take over <laughs> over town. Yeah, and what is it? What they're doing with uh, with Little Havana? They're trying to call it. Uh, Trying to call it West Brickle, oh, and and yeah. I just and I yeah, just want to I just want to turn green and tear my shirt off and go every time I hear that phrase, West Brickle. But tell me about some of your favorite places in Overtown. Like shout, what out, you... shout out Yvette Yvette Harris. Oh Yvette Harris, she's oh is she out there? She's in the chat. Yeah, Yvette yeah, yeah. Yvette Harris, who's a who's um a great PR she my uh, person. First, she wrote my first bio ever. Aww. You know Yvette is one of those people. It was just an, an interesting thing where. South Beach Food and Wine Festival last year, you know, announced its judges and they were and she saw it and something about her struck struck her like these are eight judges. They're all white. They couldn't they're, find one black person. And she's like, you couldn't find one black person. And it tells you like where we feel this festival is aimed at, like who it's for and who it's by. Right. And I think because of that, she I actually wrote a story about it. That's that's online right now about how that the 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 noise of everything else had lowered a little bit and i guess voices have also been escalated been a little bit louder and they kind of paid attention what did you pay attention to that whole thing did you see that happen in real time people asking yeah, for I mean, I'm, I'm i'm living it so yeah like i'm i'm definitely there's definitely been a lot more um in, in inclusion and i mean they they put me in uh food and wine festival this year you know i'm going out there to represent so you had never been. The you had never been. You've ever done it. That's my first one. Yeah, I'm in there. Wow. I got, I got one event on a Saturday, and then I got two events on um on Sunday. But yeah, we 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 ain't here to play no games, man. I'm I'm going in there. <laughs> Definitely gonna know we was there. But um, but there was a lot of things also like during um the pandemic. It it, cause you know you remember like with the with 
with the PPP loans. And there was a lot of like, you know, funny stuff going on. Like, you know, people really needed that money, wasn't getting it. And people who, it was like all the money was going to like these big corporations and the scammers. And the people who actually really needed it, they were having a hard time. Like I banked with Wells Fargo and um, Chase. And every time I called, I had to wait on hold for three, four hours. You know what I mean? I had to go to like some, some like, it, they don't even have brick and mortar. I had to go to a bank called Incredible Bank in Iowa to get like a PPP loan. You know what I mean? So that was a bit, yeah. And I think Shake Shack got like, like I'm sure they just raised their hand in the back of the room. Yeah, they got they twenty like, million dollars. Give me some money. Yeah. They're like, so, money, so, money, please. Give you know? me some right. monies. <laughs> but so because of all of that, like, there's been a lot of programs. I'm actually doing a program with Chase right now. Um, and there's a lot of companies that are doing these programs to like, you know, like be inclusive. Um, so we did a campaign with um, uh, the the uh, what was it the ah. The Hyatt Regency. The Hyatt Regency um, had a campaign that they were trying to do some partnerships with like some um, with some independent, uh, uh, you know, minority businesses. And we, we did this with them like over a year ago. And it initially started off to just be like this, like, you know, just just to spend some money with some small businesses. And it ended up turning into like, you know, um, we, we, we've, we've gotten into several Hyatt Regencies now and Hyatt properties. And it's really working. So we're like the first um, small business that the Hyatt is partnership, I mean, done a partnership with, and it's actually translating for them. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of doors being open and I just want to just make sure that like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm giving a torch and I'm out here, you know, knocking down doors, I just want to just make sure that we're doing it the right way. So, so which events are you going to be in this, this year for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival? Right now. Uh, So we got the, the Goya. The the grand tasting. Right, the Grand Tasting on Saturday, and then we got the Southern Kitchen Brunch. That's the Trisha Yearwood, uh, Trisha Yearwood's event. Yes, That's a sir. Nice yes, sir. And then the Bacardi, the Bacardi on on Sunday as well. So. Let, let me ask you. You mentioned you have kids, and I, and I'm curious because you know your dad. It sounds like he was a real influence in your life. Um, mm-hmm. And do you? Do you ever hear from your? I mean, kids never think their parents are any cool. Forget it, because I have three teenagers, and I know what that's like. But like, do you get a sense that they understand that you've built something that is unique, or something that they kind of identify with? Like, have you had a moment where you're like, where you really feel proud to have built this, this, this yeah. thing? My 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 son's first job was with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my son calls himself Lil Teach. Which you know that's my nickname, but but you know that in itself, like you can call yourself a million different things, but like you for you to carry my nickname, you know that alone just you know speaks volume for me. So, you know I, I see it in like little things and little gestures that you make. Like I wear polo, I wear a lot of polo, and then my son wears polo. That's all he, you know what I mean. So I see like little things that I do that he mimics what I do. Um, that hits me in the yeah. feels. How old's how old's your son? He turns 21 this month, actually. Oh, man, that is so nice. At 21, like, you feel like yeah. you just might be losing them, and they, and they snap back. That's exciting. But, you know, but, 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 but when going back to, like, just um, generational, just, like, I'm trying to break, gen- like, I just purchased, like, my, 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 my first home. Um, but, like, my son is 21. I've been having conversations with him about his credit. I've been having conversations with him about, you know, renting versus buying. Like, nobody really had those conversations with me um, when I was growing up. So a lot of these things I had to figure out. And, you know, like, a lot of things, like, when I, when I first got into the music business and stuff like that, and I first started making money, um, you know, culturally, you know, like, I, I used to I used to gauge success by a dollar amount. Mm. So, um, 
and and then when I started making money, you know, when I when I made my first million dollars, I didn't even like I, I was like, I didn't feel fulfilled. I thought like you know like I thought like when you make a million dollars, like okay, cool, like you made it and. And it's like you can just sit back. You jet yeah. off, jet off to to Bimini or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fi- no, don't get me wrong. Financial freedom is 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 great, but like people seem to think like because when you make money, um, it just everything just goes away and you got everything figured out. And like you know, for me, money money is great, but money didn't bring me purpose. Um, so like with my son, I'm trying to teach him not to just chase a bag, you know, chase purpose. Like with my kids in general, I want them to chase purpose. I want them to follow their purpose. I don't want them just to be, you know, cause you know, you chasing money, you do anything for money, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if money is what just drives you, you're for sale. Like someone, whoever's the highest bidder, you, you're for sale. Your, your, your integrity and everything else is for sale. You gotta stand on something. You gotta be able to stand on your integrity and you gotta follow your purpose. You can't just be following chasing paper. You know what I mean? So. Um, and whatever that means for you, like, you know, like I have a restaurant, but you might not want to, you know, do, I'm not trying to force this on you. I want you to find like whatever that sweet spot is in your life. And I want you to find that for you. And I'm going to help you. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to support you. And I'm going to, you know I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to invest in whatever you want to do, but I want to focus on building legacy. You know what I'm saying like, I want, I want, I want to hustle for my last name. Awesome, man. See, that's, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to hear. Uh, so listen, let's, um, uh... We, we've taken so much of your time, but before we let you go, we're gonna play. We're gonna play a little game. Every right. every every week, we're gonna play a little Kiss Mary Kill. You ever played Kiss yeah, Mary yeah, Kill? Yeah. Uh, this is the yeah. this is the PG thirteen version. But yeah, this but is we, the food the food version. This of is Kiss the Mary food Kill. version of Kiss Mary Kill. All right, I'm here for it. Let's go. So we looked at your menu, and we have had the menu. So we're yeah. lo- so we're looking at lobster mac, uh-huh. jerk pasta, uh-huh. and chicken wings. All right, all right. Kiss Mary Kill. Which ones? Right, you said lobster mac. Lobster, lobster mac, mac jerk, pasta, jerk pasta, uh-huh. and your chicken wings. Who are you going to kiss? Which one are you going to kiss? Which one are you going to marry? And which do you have to kill? Well, a lot of people will kiss the lobster mac, but I just don't eat. I don't eat lobster, so I'm going to kill the lobster. I'm definitely going <laughs> to kiss the, the, I'm gonna kiss the pasta because um, I'm, I'm, my family's trying to dodge in, so I love the spices. I love, um, I like to try to infuse a lot of spice into my, my, my food. And out of those three, definitely gonna go with the with the pasta. Wow! So you, you'd marry you'd marry the pasta, or you'd I would, uh... I would definitely I would I would marry the pasta. Um, the the lemon pepper wings would be uh, that's the know, kiss. The that's kiss. the kiss. <laughs> and then I'm I'm gonna kill a lobster just because I don't eat lobster, but it'd probably be the other way around for a lot of the people. Wait, how do you not eat the thing I, that I made you famous? Like the that's thing. the what? What? Do how did the, that? Do you have the food allergy? Are you allergic? I, so the first time I ever ate shellfish in my life, I got sick, and I don't know if I ate bad shellfish or not, but I just know I never want to feel like that again. So I've just never mustered up. Oh my god, that's to... exactly what happened to me when I ate some bad mussels. You cannot yeah. show me a hard shell. Um, yeah, it was bad. Amy, right. but Amy's got that Midwest white girl stomach. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, very, <laughs> like, very like, like, there's too much black pepper on that. Oh my belly! I can't come to work today. <laughs> <laughs> she gets lop- She gets carb poison. No wonder we, we have our we have our team meetings at restaurants. I'm always right. giving the report the next day how my white girl's stomach managed. With the yeah. <laughs> well, Chef Teach, man, you are uh, you've been a real inspiration to see kind of with the trajectory of your life. Your food is amazing, and uh, 
and we wish you all the best of luck. Thanks for making so much time for us, man. Have a good time at the fair at the festival. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. See, oh my God, I love him. Isn't he great? Like <laughs> he's, he's a great guy. Because he's like, um, he gets it, man. He gets Miami. He gets yeah, how he it's does. changed. He gets food. I, I love that, you know, one of the most popular items on his menu, he doesn't even eat. Because he doesn't even eat it. Oh he understands God. the people. Yeah, he does. He's like, if that's what they want, I'm going to give you this. Because people would literally be lined up in the hot sun at the Wynwood Yard waiting on particularly the Lobster Mac. But I now, remember asking someone, what do I order here? And everybody's like, you get the lobster mac. You get the lobster mac. because yeah. And it's also so beautiful. It's like this, you, you know, this shot of this beautiful mac and cheese with this split tail. I mean, it's it's really kind of generous, you know, really, yeah. really uh, uh, splendid. It's very you know? substantial. It really is. So, uh, All right, let's, Carlos, so, so talk what to else, us. So what else do we have today? Oh, talk to us about the um, South Beach Wine and Food Festival um, story. Right. Okay. So, I mean, so, so we how mentioned did that it. Come to, how did that come to be? You know, uh, like way back in November, uh, we got a call. I got a call from uh, uh, one of the representatives of the uh, of NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists, that said that they had approached the South Beach Food and Wine Festival about making the festival more accessible, more representative of of, of locals, but particularly of people of color, uh, BIPOC, you know, specifically black chefs too, black and black media, like opening it up, like make this event more representative of Miami and Miami is such so built on um on on black history you know right. uh, both both caribbean and american black and and it and it really it resonated i mean it was i don't think that they that the festival fought them on it they were like yeah this is a yeah. blind spot and and they hired the uh, the councilwoman um from um Miami Gardens Lisa Davis to kind of be their point person, you know, because she she started the Miami Gardens Food Festival, and um, and so she had these connections, and 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 they really made a difference. Like they they I want to say something like six of the eight um, judges for for the Burger Bash this year uh, are are black, mm-hmm. and I think there's 39 new places, um, all all either black or people of color, um, who are part of the festival this year. So. Yeah, I think it's ironic that we we didn't even um, you didn't even interview um, Chef Teach for your story, and he is one of the beneficiaries of their opening up the the festival to uh, people of color and just trying to get a more diverse lineup. And we didn't even know we didn't even know. And I think it's also interesting that he's been he's been at it. He's been grinding in Miami for all these years, and this is the first year he's going to participate. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty representative. I think that's like a and hopefully it'll it'll be a thing that we see more of, right? Like it's not just one year but rather yeah. that hopefully it builds on that. You know, we we see that more that it feels more reflective of Miami rather than this New York festival that comes right. to Miami. That comes to Miami, right? You know? Um, okay, so talk to me about Sunny's Steakhouse cuz that was the big review that you posted this week. Yeah, you know, I I really like this place and I like it for ambiance. You know, so much about Miami is like our weather. Like this time of year is like the most brilliant and beautiful time to be outdoors. And it's imagine a steakhouse where you just pop the roof off it. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're ensconced in this thing that looks like it looks like it's been pulled uh, out of Vizcaya. And you have you're underneath this this big banyan tree and this canopy of string lights. And you're eating this really fantastic food, the kind of food that you would find at a really excellent steakhouse where everything is like a, a, a great version of itself. So I, I went into full details about, you know, kind of what we ordered and the kind of night that we had. 
Um, and you can find that that review at the at the Miami Herald. Uh, but really, like it's a it's a great venue, especially to go with friends. Like to have like a nice night out. Yeah, you know, with I a tried to get people. a table for two. Uh, I tried to get a table for two, and it was like, no, but we have tables for four. Yes, and you know what? <laughs> it's a it's a good excuse for for yeah. now. I mean, it's not cheap. So like, whoever you go with, don't let it be those people. Like, oh, I didn't have <laughs> that appetizer. I only had this. Soup. And don't go with those people that like when they say something's a special, they won't ask the price for the specials. Oh you my have god. to ask the price for the specials. Oh my god, I have had this. I have had this issue where you go and they they offer the special. And, it and comes, they don't ask the price. And it's like forty five dollars. Like, yeah, oh my no, god, that was an appetizer. Yeah, you gotta ask the price on the special because, sure. like, yeah, Just, you gotta. You can't go with people who are like, if, if I have to ask, I can't afford it. Yeah, no, no, no. You, you, know, you have no. to like, you have to like bite the bullet and understand. Like, look at the menu before you go. What you're gonna spend, and mm-hmm. give yourself over to that night. You know, one hundred percent. All right, okay. And so then the upcoming review, we're talking about a new place that you found in Kendall. Yeah, uh, it, it's the place is called Smoke and Dough. It's a it's a barbecue shop. It's it's right next door to Empanada Harry's, which is one of my favorite empanada places because they make empanadas from all over the world. They make, mm-hmm. uh, or, or rather, all over Latin America. You know, they make something like twenty three different kinds of empanadas. They blew out a a, um, a wall between the restaurants and and took over the space next to it, and did a full like Latin inspired barbecue so like Mm -hmm. using different techniques of of smoking and grilling that you get throughout latin america but also using some of those flavors and i mean my my review will probably post sometime next week uh and but i'll say like right away it's easily one of the best new barbecue places anywhere in the county like i would go i would drive out of my way to go to this spot and it's in kendall i know i know regrettably i have to get my passport (laughs) my kendall passport yeah well i think we'll we'll get into that a lot more in uh in the next episode but uh i think uh i think this is uh this is a show yeah i think this is it and i think i need to go get me some uh lobster mac and cheese right now right shout out to chef teach for joining (laughs) us and uh, we'll do it again amy all right next week peace out